Elizabeth. Welcome to My Strength and My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. My name is Nisi, and this is episode 26, Back to School, Back to Work. I've been away from the podcast for about a month, uh, and it's been an interesting month to say the least. As many of you know, this has been a month of highs and lows. Some of the highs have been celebrating 10 years of friendship with my best friends from college who came to visit me Labor Day weekend. I recently had a party celebrating one year as an attorney where I invited my coworkers and it was the first time that they met my guy and my sister was there. It was a lot of fun. The theme was Henny and Hula and I went all out with the cooking and the decorations. It was, it was a lot of fun. I hope to do the more events at my home like that. We also celebrated my dad's 60th birthday and it was great to have all the family from England and Jamaica and the States to be there to celebrate him. And we also celebrated the birthdays of my little sister who turned the big 2-1 and my beautiful guy who just recently turned 28. Some of the lows have been, you know, still dealing with my mom and, um, you know, the pain that she's been feeling in her body and just helping her since the diagnosis that she had. Um, and that's all been hard, you know, being there for her and also trying to manage the, the tough weeks that I've had. Um, work has been specifically difficult, although I did have my first trial a few weeks ago, which was an amazing experience. You know, being an attorney, um, you, you dream of the day that you have your first time in the courtroom where a judge looks at you and says, counsel, are you ready for opening statements? So it was an amazing experience. No, we didn't win. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of long nights. It was, it was really tough for a long time. Um, and then more recently on Sunday, September 18th, I had to attend the funeral of a daughter of a family friend um, that I grew up with who was killed by a drunk driver. She was out with her friends on Labor Day and a man got behind the wheel of his car and drove onto the sidewalk in Brooklyn. A few days later, she succumbed to those injuries. She was only 36 years old, just starting to pursue um, a degree in child protective services and social work. and. Um, on that day, Lindsay Powell passed away. And the funeral was, was hard. A lot of tears over the death of a woman who was literally just discovering her passion in life. It was so senseless, so avoidable. She did not have to die, and she should be here today. And I wanted to share something with you that I talked about with a couple of people and I also put on my blog after the funeral. I made a post you know, after, especially after speaking to my boyfriend, and I really thought about relationships, that a lot of us would all end up with better partners if we focus less on weddings and more on funerals. What I mean is a lot of people cannot get, wait to get married because it's the happiest day of their life, and it means the big wedding and pictures and plans for children and puppies and white picket fences and the beginning of that kind of life. But I think we would go, it would be much more valuable if we thought, when we're thinking about the partners that we're choosing, we focus on the person that we would want to go through life with when it gets tough. Because the older you get, the harder life gets. The people you love move away or grow distant or pass away. Jobs become more stressful, money gets tight, the children you have cause more stress as you worry about their future as well as your own. And I think there's so much value in looking at the person you're with and asking, is this the person I want by my side? Is this the person who will be generous and giving when I'm in need? Is this the person who will face, you know, you know, who find the words to soothe my aching heart? 
Is this the person that when I look across the room through tearful eyes, I want to and need to see their face? Is this the person I want by my side when it's time to bury my parents? I say all this because last weekend I went to a funeral and this next weekend I'm heading to Atlanta for my line sister's wedding. And weddings are a time for celebration and joy and love, but marriage is how you get through life with the person by your side that makes those hard times manageable. Recently, my boyfriend took me ring shopping and while all that's amazing and we're taking next steps in our relationship, um, I just have to say that right now, today, I'm so happy to just have him by my side to pray with me, to push me towards God. I honestly could not care less about a wedding right now. I have the love of my life near me during rough, you know, what has been a really rough month. Um, and, and him being there has been God speaking to my heart in moments when I feel like giving up. And I know all of that's heavy. <laughs> I know you probably didn't tune in, you know, to a podcast titled about back to school, back to work to hear about my depressing. I'm so sorry if it's too heavy, but I just wanted to be honest and transparent. It's been a tough month and I appreciate all the prayers and kind words from you guys. I will get back to, you know, my regular schedule of posting the podcast, God willing. If you want to follow the podcast on social media for updates to just find out when I'll be putting out episodes and things like that, you can follow us on Instagram at my strength and my shield, all one word. And or you could find us on Twitter at MSMS, M as in Mary, MSMS podcast. So my strength, my shield podcast on Twitter. And of course, if you enjoy the podcast, please be sure to comment and rate on iTunes. You can do it right now, even as you're listening to me speak. It keeps me encouraged and helps the podcast grow as well. So as we're about to dive into the topic, as always, I do want to start with a prayer. So if you could just close your eyes if you're able to, or if not, just extend your spirit towards me as we go forward in prayer. Dear Lord, we know that you are a God that moves in your own way. And sometimes that can be distressing because we do not know all the answer to all life questions. But in another way, it's comforting because it reminds us that when things don't seem to make sense, we know that it makes sense to you. That when I'm confused or I'm lost or we're feeling confused or we're feeling lost, we know that even if we don't have all the answers, we can trust in you. Dear Lord, I pray that as we enter into this new season of back to school, back to work, that you allow us to be encouraged because summertime can be so much fun and then the transition back into fall can feel so daunting. But I pray that this podcast allows us to continue to be encouraged, to be inspired because there's work to be done. And we know that you have a plan for our lives and we have to be able to see that plan so that we can live in the purpose. With the loss of Lindsay, it's a reminder to me that I want to share with others that tomorrow is promised to no one, that there's not going to be one day that someone's going to, you know, there's going to be a knock on the door and someone's going to explain to us exactly how our life is supposed to be and our next steps. It will never be that easy, but we can approach life with a curiosity, with an excitement that we're blessed with one more day, one more opportunity to make this life mean something. Allow us to be inspired by you, be, be inspired by the word that you've blessed us with, to keep us encouraged at times when we feel low, so that even as the seasons change, our love for you and our faith for you does not. Allow our faith and, and our faith towards you to be a light 
even through the dark times. Allow us to be encouraged to seek you and seek your face and seek wisdom. Allow us to open our hearts to new opportunities and to make the most of our opportunities because tomorrow is promised to nobody. I pray that you allow our hearts to be opened to the possibility that this podcast can be the catalyst for change, changing the way that we see work, changing the way that we see school so that we can be reinvigorated and recommit ourselves to the work that you require of us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So moving into the first part of the podcast, we're going to start with some Bible study. And if you haven't done so already, you should head over to www.mystrengthandmyshield.com for the worksheet. There you'll find the Bible verses for this episode, as well as the tips that I'll be talking about in the self-care, the self-care section. Um, as summer is winding down, a lot of us are heading back to school or getting back to work during the fall season, which is a transition in and of itself. My boyfriend is a teacher, and so, you know, seeing him transition from summer to fall reminds me of how important it is to get into the mindset for the next season of our lives. So I wanted to focus this episode on that, on that transition that fall kind of forces us to be in, because as the seasons change, we kind of get that fire within us to change as well. So in the self-care portion, I want to talk to you about how to set yourself up for success, a little bit about being organized and also switching the mindset so that you're prepared to have the mindset of a successful person. So again, head over to www.mystrengthandmyshield.com for the worksheet and follow along with the Bible study as well as the self-care for, for this episode. Now, the hard thing about fall is that we go through this roller coaster of being excited to start a new season and a new chapter while also dealing with those dark and cold days where we have to find the motivation to push through. Midterms and finals are often difficult because by the time you get there, you're exhausted. You have that September excitement that seems to you know, eventually simmer into a dullness once November and December hit. So when it comes to being motivated and figuring out how to order our steps, the word gives us a lot of guidance. So in Proverbs 1 verse 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Whether we're at work or at school, the word encourages us to seek wisdom and instruction. Now, as a side note, if you're looking for a Bible study or a place to get, you know, reinvigorated about starting to read the word again, I encourage you to read Proverbs. Proverbs has so many lines and, you know, like the title says, Proverbs, that you can even just memorize to keep you encouraged. You know, if you're a person that likes mantras or things that you can repeat to yourself, there are so many parts of Proverbs that give you those one-liners that can help you feel inspired or remind you to stay focused. And a lot of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, set up the dichotomy of the person who seeks wisdom and the person who is a fool. Understand that you're going to school to learn, to soak up information. The hard thing about school is that it can suck out the love of learning. You end up focusing on just getting by and, and just trying to get from exam to exam to exam that you stop reading books for fun or you stop even enjoying learning, I encourage you to, to fall back in love with learning, to seek wisdom as a form of self-care and growth. 
Now, this can also be said of work. You know, a lot of the things I'm talking about can relate either to work or to school. And so this can also be said at work. You can become reinvigorated at work if you see it as a place to grow and learn. If you've been in a rut at work, I encourage you to seek out a mentor and allow yourself to become a student again, seeking wisdom and instruction. I really do encourage you that to do that, especially if you're a person who um, is in a field that's very competitive or you're in a field that requires you to be self-motivated. Having a mentor, having a person that you look up to or maybe is in a position that you aspire to be in, looking to that person for guidance and wisdom is an amazing way to keep yourself interested because you, you, you change the mindset from just being a person that goes to work day to day to being a person that has an ambition and has a, a drive. And when you look at a person that you look up to, you see that the goals that you have are attainable. So even if you're a person that's not in school, you can try to change your work environment so that you become someone that seeks guidance and wisdom. There are a couple of people at my job, I'm, you know, I'm an attorney, but I look up, right now I'm handling misdemeanor cases, and I look up to attorneys that handle felonies. So there's a couple of attorneys that I might randomly pop into their office, hey, how are you doing, how's your weekend, how's your workload coming along? There might be an attorney that, you know, if they need coverage on a case, I'll volunteer to cover that case because I know that it means when they need their file back, I can ask them a little bit more information about the work that they're doing. And it can be daunting, you know, especially if you're a person that's, you know, uh, maybe a little bit more shy or a little bit more introverted. But I encourage you to not just go through work feeling like you have to figure it out all on your own. God gives us people that are a beacon of light that we can follow. And I, I think that if you want to be a person that seeks wisdom and doesn't end up being foolish, you have to make use of the people that are there as a resource for you. So Proverbs 20 verse 4 says, the sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. This is another one of those proverbs that reminds you of the value of hard work. And the image of the person who doesn't do the work in the autumn and then ends up finding nothing when it's time for harvest is so important. If you're a student, understand that the work that you do today will determine how you do on your exams. Be, you know, Before you become a person that has to scramble when it's time for midterms and finals, begin studying for your finals from the first week of school. If you're in college or you have a teacher that gives you a syllabus, you know what your final is going to be about because the syllabus tells you exactly what you're going to be studying for that semester. From day one, organize your notes. From day one, set up a time once a week to go to your professor or your teacher for office hours. Don't let, because the beginning of the semester is a lighter workload and maybe the first day of school is just the day that you go over the syllabus, so you're kind of like, meh, why am I even here? Let the work you do today determine your harvest for the end of the semester. At the end of each day or week, set aside time to review the information, especially if you're a person who takes notes on the computer, who can end up typing everything that the teacher or professor says and not actually absorbing it. This analogy also works for people who are, you know, that have a job as well. The work you do as an intern will determine your harvest. The work you do today will be the difference between a promotion in the future or remaining stagnant. 
If you feel unmotivated in your job today, motivate yourself by thinking about the future. For me right now, the work I'm doing is hard and it's overwhelming, but I know the work that I'm doing, the late nights, the long hours, my supervisors see it. And other people may work harder than me or not as hard as I do, but I know that the work that I'm doing, the extra hours I put in, it helps me stand out. The work I do today lays out the foundation to build my future. So the, the day-to-day things that you have to do can, can end up feeling exhausting, but you have to make sure that your vision is for the end goal because the day-to-day may not be enough motivation. Understand that, yes, you can skip class, especially if you're in college and they're not taking attendance, but I'm telling you that you're gonna regret skipping class when it's finals time and you realize that there's a chunk of the, of the syllabus you don't understand because you weren't there. Proverbs 14 verse 23 says, in all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. I wanted to include this verse to push you to be the kind of person that lets your work speak for itself. In work or in school, there are tons of people who talk about what they're going to do or talk about how hard they're going to study. You don't have to be that person. Study for you and your benefit. Before you sit down to study, you don't need to take a picture of the books and post it on social media. You don't need to walk into class and talk about how late you were up studying. Get into the habit of letting your hard work be sufficient. Let your grades demonstrate how hard you work. The same thing goes for work you do in an office. For example, in my office as an attorney, there are lots of times where I'll share with my coworkers that I had a tough day, and it's almost like the Me Too Olympics where the next person says, oh, well, you think you have it tough? My caseload is X, Y, Z. Or my day was so tough, and then we just go on and on. And sometimes it's good because you want to be able to have coworkers that you can share you know, your tough days with. But I've also got into the habit of keeping my head down and doing my own work because words are empty. If you come in talking about how hard you studied and then you end up not doing well on the exam, what matters, the words that you've said or the actual outcome of your studying? Now, I'm not some old fart that's like, you know, social media is bad. You know, like, oh, don't share, whatever, whatever. I'm talking about, you know, trying to help you get into the mindset of what makes a person successful. And bragging about how hard you work does not lead to success it's the result you know it's, it's the equivalent of a person who you know let's say you have 50 pounds to lose and you lose three pounds and you're ready to tell everybody sometimes you need to pull it back and let the result speak for itself let yourself get to your goal before it's time allow other people to come to you like when you do well on an exam they come to you and say how did you do it you don't need to brag about it. You can just be an example of hard work. People will notice already if you're always in the library. People will notice if you're like, I can't hang out, I need to study. That in and of itself is a choice that demonstrates your seriousness or how serious you're taking your studies. You don't have to brag, you don't have to put it up on social media because that post doesn't change the fact that you still have work to do. And I'm always about questioning the reasons why we share or we don't share. And if you find yourself to be a person that you can't study without sharing it, 
you know, I would encourage you to question that because the word tells us, you know, mere talk tends only to poverty. You have to be able to just let the work speak for itself. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 12 says, of making many books, there is no end and much study wearies the body. Of making many books, there is no end and much study wearies the body. The Bible encourages you to work hard, but it also encourages you to take care of yourself. Working hard is exhausting. And the mark of a person who has it all together is not the person that works the hardest, but instead the person that works to fulfillment and knows when to rest. If you start studying and working hard now, you don't need to scramble when it's time for finals or when it's time for your deadline to hit for a project that you're working on. I encourage you to schedule your work time and also your relaxation time. Set aside time for Bible study and for time with friends and loved ones and also time to be alone because a weary body cannot do the work that God is calling you to do. And I want you to take it from me, especially those of you who are in school. There are so many of us who are older who find God after college. And I'm telling you that knowing how hard life is now and how having my faith keeps me through it, if I had that same kind of passion for God when I was in college, I promise you it would not have been so difficult. Going to college, there's a lot of things around you that are distracting you. And it's hard because when you're young, you're, you're feeling like everything around you is the most important thing. This friendship is the most important thing. This relationship is this most important thing. But you'll see in a couple of years that the friendships and the relationships that last are not the ones that distract you from the goals that you have. So I want you to get into the habit of seeking balance. And I want you to get into the habit of still set aside Bible study time. It is self-care to work on your spirituality and your faith. Just as much as facials and hanging out with friends, seeking God and keeping yourself balanced and focused, that is self-care, okay? So working hard, it's required of us. You know, there's so many things. There's only so much time in a day. And you want to achieve so much and you want to get from point A to point B. But what's going to help you to not feel exhausted by it is to take time to rest and to use the word of God as a part of that rest. Because I am telling you, the drinking is fun. The partying is fun. The, all those things is fun, but that can distract you. And if at the end of your four or five years at college, you look back and you can remember the parties, but you can't remember what you learned. And it's time for you to go into interviews and you can't even speak about the classes that you took. Or you remember all of those things and you can't remember the last time you went to church and spent time with God. And then you're wondering why you don't have any purpose or why you're graduating and you don't know what to do. Use this time wisely. There is never going to be another time where you can focus on your studies and literally focus on the development of you. Because when it's time for you to have a job, nobody cares if you're learning. You should learn on your own time because when you're on the company's time, they want you to produce. College is that one time to be selfish. And I encourage you that when you're thinking of self, you know, being selfish, to take care of yourself and your spirituality by not forgetting God. Make time to pray, make time to rest, make time to set yourself apart from what everybody else is doing. And finally, Colossians 3 verse 23 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, 
Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Now, I've talked about this before, but sometimes it's hard to be motivated if it's not connected to a bigger purpose. Whether it's school or work, the day-to-day is difficult, and you can break through that monotony by connecting today's goals to ultimate success. Yes, doing homework sucks, but you do it right and with the intent to learn, and you'll ace your exams. Get in early to office hours with teachers and professors and use the tools that God has blessed you with. At work, don't be a person afraid to ask questions who works hard and ends up looking foolish because you spent all this time working and you did it wrong because you didn't open your mouth. Speak up. Do the work that you're called to do and have pride in your work and know that even at work or school, you're an example. And that might seem like a lot of pressure and it should be, but also know that, you know, There's no responsibility that God has given you that you cannot handle, beloved. You will do great this semester. You will become reinvigorated and inspired about work. God is there to give you guidance and purpose, and seeking God as your motivation will help you get through. I think one of the hardest things about keeping yourself motivated is that you you end up getting distracted by things that don't matter. I want this podcast, this episode to remind you of what's important, to connect you to your spiritual growth and to remind you to seek God in everything that you do. Because working to satisfy other people will leave you feeling empty. Working towards empty goals or something superficial will leave you feeling empty. But seeking God, knowing that every day, every moment, you're working towards something bigger than yourself it will be motivating. And it's hard because it can seem like that's a lot of pressure, you know, but I'm telling you to take every day one step at a time. You don't have to have it all figured out, but you do have to move forward. Time passes regardless of the fact that you may not know what's going on in your life. But I'm here to encourage you to know that none of us have it all figured out. I have spent years in school and I have the job that I've been working and praying towards, and I still have day-to-day decisions that are going to determine, okay, am I going to be this kind of attorney, that kind of attorney? Am I interested in eventually becoming a professor at a law school, or would I eventually like to become a judge? Every day, there's choices to be made. But if you're seeking God and asking God to order your steps, It can help you be motivated. Allow the passion and drive you have for God to push you, even through the monotony of work and of school. I encourage you to start to think about this stuff now before the weather changes. And one, you know, in one episode, I'll talk about things like seasonal affective disorder, where when it gets colder, you're more prone to depression and anxiety. And you have to be prepared for that. I want you to start to think about what you're doing today and allow that to lay the foundation. Do the hard work now because there's going to be one day when you need a week to yourself. And you need to know that the work you've done previously carried you through. Like, for example, when I found out that Lindsay passed away, um, and on Friday I took a half day of work. And the reason why I was able to take that day off, that half day, is because I knew I completed all my work. So taking a half day wouldn't mean anything detrimental. Sometimes you have to do the hard work now in anticipation of tougher times. 
because the semester will get tougher. Work will get tougher. And when you have that mindset, it's those tough times don't surprise you. They don't sneak up on you because you're ready. Be like the squirrel that's, you know, gathering all his little nuts in preparation for the winter. Prepare. If you haven't done Bible study, you better start now because there's going to be a day when your faith is tested and you have to be ready. It is inevitable that you will meet challenges. I encourage you to prepare for those challenges from today when you're able to, when you have the energy to do so. Because on the days when you don't have the energy, work still has to get done and you have to have a reserve. It's like the, another analogy is the camel with his hump. And the fact that camels can go without water for so long because they have fat stored up in their hump that keeps them going. Store up your reserve because there's going to be a day when you need to tap into it. When you're going to need to tap into that faith that you've built up. Take the time to do that today. Prepare yourself for the challenges of work and school. Do not wait until the last minute. Do not let challenges sneak up on you. Be prepared. Use this time to prepare. For the second part of the podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, things that you can do in anticipation of success. A lot of what we're encouraged to do as Christians is to speak, you know, speak life into certain situations. And I do believe that if you can visualize success, it can help you to get from point A to point B. And I wanted to just write down a list of tips. They're really random tips that I think would help you to prepare for success. Because I do think that the difference between someone who is successful and not successful is the mindset. Not necessarily saying that, you know, there aren't things that impact us, like the privileges that we have and things like that. And not even to say that our everyone's definition of success is the same. But when you have visualized the success, what success means to you, the way to get from today to that point of success really depends on your mindset. And some of the things that can make it hard for you to achieve those goals is if you don't have it laid out in front of you, the kind of work that is required for you to get from point A to point B. So I wanted to give you a couple of tips that might help you. So if you look at the worksheet, the first thing is write down everything and back up everything. I'm telling you that there have been one too many times that my laptop dies on me or my cell phone gets lost or stolen. And what can really disrupt all the plans that you have is if you haven't backed up everything. So let this be a little reminder to you right now, go and back up everything on your laptop and on your phone. And the other tip that I have for you is to write everything down. Don't allow yourself to get into the habit of being like, well, it's all in my memory and I'll remember. Encourage, I encourage you to, to focus on having like to-do lists or putting reminders into your phone. I'm a person that I have to have several reminders. I have a reminder for when I pay my rent. I have a reminder for when I'm supposed to, you know, ch transfer money from my checkings to my savings. I have um, reminders about waking up. I have reminders about, po you know, posting things on social media for the podcast itself. I have reminders about, you know, if I need to purchase something, I'll put a reminder in my phone. 
you know, I think the mindset of being successful is thinking about the different tools that you can set yourself up for success. And a part of that is one, you know, making sure that you don't just rely on your mind because when you have a multitude of things that you have to focus on, things can slip your mind. But it also is important to, um, to write things down so that you can absorb it and kind of plan out your day accordingly. The next thing is practice having a place for everything and get into the habit of putting things back into their place. I've talked a little bit about the fact that I'm not a naturally organized person, but I had to become more organized in order to handle some of the responsibilities that I had. And that started back in law school when I realized that a sign that I was stressed was if everything around me was really super duper messy. So get into the habit of having a place for everything. There's a place for your shoes. There's a place for your clothes. That can help it so that when you're coming home from work or school, you don't just toss things everywhere. You can have a place for everything that allows you to stay organized. And when you get into the habit of putting things back into their place, then you don't have to do as much cleanup. Because the next tip I have is to have a cleanup plan that there's things that you do daily, there's things that you do weekly, and there's things that you do monthly. So something you might do daily is always make sure that before you go to bed, you wash your dishes. Something you might do weekly is laundry because I hate doing laundry, but what I hate doing more, you know, the worst part about laundry is when it's built up and then you have to do weeks and weeks of laundry. Things you can do monthly, you know, um, Things like changing your bedding, um, you know, reorganizing certain areas of your home. Have a plan that there are things you do daily, weekly, and monthly because it can help you to not feel overwhelmed and realize that look around you, you don't know where your papers are, you're unprepared for the day because you don't know where your clothes are. Have a daily, weekly, and monthly cleanup plan. The next thing is to check the expiration dates on your cosmetics, medicines, and food once a month. Um, I would just say the first weekend of every month, just check everything um, because every, a lot of things have expiration dates and there's nothing worse than reaching into your fridge ready to, to cook with that sauce and looking and seeing that there's mold all over it. Get into the habit of weekly, monthly checking in on yourself, but specifically once a month, look at the dates of cosmetics, medicines, and food to make sure it hasn't expired. The next tip I have for you is to keep your inbox organized. Get into the habit of responding to emails immediately. When I was in school, you know, I was doing a lot of student groups and I would respond to emails, even if it was just to say, um, I've received your email and I'll give you a response within 48 hours. Because I like to keep my inbox organized. Like I have friends that they on their inbox on their phone and it says thousands of messages. That would stress me out. A way to keep yourself organized and, and not overwhelmed is to deal with your tasks immediately. Don't wait until the end of the day because that's how you end up with emails that you've read and then not responded to. And then the person's like, okay, well, you know, what's going on? I haven't heard from you. And it comes up in your phone that it's already been read. So you for completely forgot to respond to it. Get into the habit of keeping your inbox organized and cleaned. Put it in the little sections if you use Gmail and allow yourself the, the ability to keep your mindset organized by keeping your inbox organized. The next tip I have for you is to practice saying no. Don't stress yourself th stretch yourself thin, know your limits. 
With the beginning of every semester or beginning of a new job, you might feel like you need to say yes to everything. You say yes to every experience, every responsibility. I'm telling you that you get into the mindset of being successful by knowing what you can and cannot do. Because I wouldn't consider a person to be lazy if they said no. I would consider a person to be lazy if they said they were going to do it and they didn't make the time to do it. Practice saying no. It is okay to say, you know what, this semester I can't do it. Let me try it next semester. I can't do this project, but the next one I can do. Get into the habit of saying no. The most A person looks disorganized if they have a number of tasks to do and they haven't organized time to do it. The next tip I have is that you should get a dry erase board and put it somewhere visible and use it for reminders or to-do lists. I have two dry erase boards. I have one on my fridge that as I run out of things, I just add it onto the list so that I have my grocery list. So automatically, I just have the instinct that when I lose something, I immediately put it onto the, the kitchen fridge so that I, I don't forget to purchase things. The next dry erase board I have on my bedroom door that when it's closed, it's visible from my bed. Like when the door is closed, I can see it from my bed. And also as I'm walking out to approach the day, I can see my to-do list. It's a good reminder. It keeps me in the mindset that there's things to do, um, but it's also manageable, right? Because it's just a few things on your, on your dry erase board, so it's not overwhelming. So I would just encourage you, you can get a dry erase board for like a dollar or two. Just put it in a place that's visible and use it as a, like a reminder. Don't forget your shoes. Don't forget your keys. Or reminder, make an appointment for the doctor. These are the things that, you know, again, with writing everything down and, and anticipating some of the things that are important. Because you feel frantic if you've forgotten something. But if you start every day knowing what you have to do it can make things more manageable um, another tip is that you should rotate your clothes a lot of people do it every time it's fall and spring and I would say that you know if you haven't you know one of the books that I've read was the life changing magic of tidying up I obviously not obviously you guys don't know what my house looks like but um, I, I do sometimes tend to hold on to things I just went through my closet and realized I have five jars of the same Shea Moisture product um, you know, rotate your clothes, go through and look at, you know, cause you're switching from summer to fall clothes, make lists of what lists, sorry, piles of what you want to throw out, repurpose or donate. So donate clothes that you know, you're not going to wear, but are of good quality. And you can sometimes get a receipt for your taxes as well. Repurpose is like, you know, if you're a person that's into DIYs and maybe you have a shirt that no longer fits you, but you want to change it into a skirt. But just make sure that it's something that you'll actually do. Don't just say, oh, I can use this as X, Y, and Z, but you know you're never going to do it. And the things you want to throw out are stuff that you can't donate, things that are kind of old and tattered and that you're not going to use or repurpose. Um, you know, rotate your clothes, get into the habit of not just tucking things away in your drawers because then you're ending up in a situation where you look around and you have a ton of clothes and realize you have nothing to wear. The last thing that I want to encourage you to do is to have a daytime and a nighttime routine to practice being energized and organized in the morning and preparing your body for rest at night. In the morning time, 
what can help you to be prepared for the day is if you get yourself into the routine. So I know for me, a part of my routines, I like to take showers in the morning. Some people like to take showers at night. I like to take a shower. I like to listen to my gospel music. I like to do a little bit of Bible study in the morning. Um, I also like to make sure that before I go to work, I've cleaned my room because I hate coming back to a messy, a messy bedroom. So those are things that you can just practice doing in the daytime, whatever works for you, whatever gets you organized. I like to also flip through my planner to see what kind of day I have ahead of me. When it's nighttime, and this is something I actually have to work on, um, and I encourage you to discover a nighttime routine, something to help your body wind down. If you're a person that has trouble, trouble going to sleep, um, this is something that my boyfriend struggles with because he's a teacher and he has to travel quite a long way to teach in the Bronx. And so it's like a two-hour trek and he has to be at work for seven. So he has to leave his house by five. So that means that he has to be up by 4.30 the latest. And it's really hard because in order to get like a proper night's sleep, he should be in bed by like nine o'clock. But who goes to bed at nine? So if you're up and you're wired, it's harder for you to fall asleep. So get into the habit, you know, get a cup of tea, maybe an hour before you go to bed, turn off the TV, get rid of your phone and start to prepare yourself mentally to go to sleep. So those are just some random tips. Um, I didn't really know how to title it except to say in anticipation of success. These are some things that you can start to plan out, some things you can put yourself, put into place to help you be organized today and prepare for some of the tasks and challenges ahead that when you do have something, it doesn't creep up on you because you've already kind of been planning for yourself to be a little bit more organized and prepared for the things ahead. For the last part of this podcast, I wanted to answer a question that was sent to me. If you have a question that you'd like to be answered on the podcast, you can shoot me an email at strengthandshieldpodcast at gmail.com. And if you send me a message there, your, your question gets answered a lot quicker. Or you, you know, I get a lot of messages through my Tumblr, which is Young, Black, and Vegan. Um, and this message was sent into me through my Tumblr. And so I'd like to, um, to answer the question. And so this question says, Nisi, I usually message you on and on, but I was wondering, this person messaged me off and on. So this is a non-anonymous um, question, but obviously I'm going to keep the anonymity there. Um, Nisi, I usually am one of your anons, but I was wondering if you could address maybe on your podcast or just in general, how to deal with the alienation that comes, um, that some of us feel on this journey. Sometimes my peers can't understand my choices or why I don't do certain things, and it can make me feel alone. I think that the best way to manage this struggle is to at first make sure that you acknowledge the very real feelings of loneliness and to also acknowledge that this is a part of the process. So I'm not going to be the kind of person that's like, well, I can do bad all by myself and, you know, cut them off. And it's, 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 you know, the season of cutting your friends off and all that kind of stuff. Because I think that if you're a person that has a heart that seeks companionship, it's foolish to pretend like that isn't important to you. It's foolish to pretend that you're not a person who wants friendship and is not a person that wants support. Because I think that it's important that you surround yourself with positive people because there are going to be times when you go through challenges and when you feel like giving up, having friends is what can help you not feel like you're giving up or not feel like giving up. But I also want you to acknowledge that it's part of the process. That when you're younger, 
there are going to be times when you're seeking the approval of your friends. That's what they talk about um, when it comes to peer pressure, right? The peer pressure of wondering, is this person going to like me if I change and I want to fit in and I want to be like the crowd, you know? It's a part of the process of growing up is losing friends that maybe are not on the same level as you. And I'm not saying level in terms of you're looking down at your friends, but when you're in elementary school, you keep your friends because it's the, the classmates that you have. You automatically end up being friends with just the people who are around you. A lot of the friendships that you've had over your life are because of convenience. We had the same classes, or we like the same color, or we're on the same team, or we're on the same school bus. When you grow up, you realize that you have to make choices, and then you have to make friends that support those choices. So it's a part of the process. If you're a person that's had friends that became your friends superficially, you're going to realize that it takes work to maintain friendships and you have to decide who is worth that work. So I said earlier that I had friends that were coming to visit me from college. I don't, I'm not close with everybody from college, but these are my two friends. One lives in DC, one lives in St. Louis. We all went to school just outside of Chicago. I maintain those friendships because I know that out of anybody, if I call them up crying or if I need a word of encouragement, I know who I can turn to. Eventually, you realize that you're letting go of friends, but you, you hold on to the people that matter. And so I'm not trying to say that it's not hard losing friends. It is very hard, especially ones who have been in your life for a, a long time. But sometimes it's, you just realize that it's a part of the process. You lose the superficial friends and you end up with the ones who are ride or dies for you. And I would say that if you focus on the friendships you're losing, you may end up holding on to people that are ultimately holding you back. And it reminds me of um, a Bible verse where it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's this idea that when you're a kid, you have a mindset of a kid. You want your friends, you wanna play tag, you wanna be included, you wanna be a part of the plan, but there is a certain point where you start to, to decide your own path in life. And there are some people that are with it and some people that are not. So I would encourage you to understand that it is a part of the process. There's nothing wrong with you if you find yourself losing friends, but it's not going to stop. There are friends that will take themselves out of your life. You know, if you're a person, so for example, when I first got saved, um, I, I was in high school when I was saved. And I remember being a kind of person that I wasn't going to parties like everyone else. Now that all changed when I went to college, but that's a whole different story. When I was in high school, I started to realize that there are certain choices that I couldn't make. And even now as an adult, I'm telling you, I'm 28 years old and I've been in a serious relationship where I'm not having sex. I have had friends that have criticized me for that choice and I've had to lose those friends. I'm not gonna change my choice because I'm still gonna do what's good for my spirit. But there are times where you're going to lose friends. It is inevitable. And the way that I see it is the way to stay positive is that you lose the friends that don't matter. And what you hold on to are the real friends. That when you get older, it's quality over quantity 100%. It doesn't matter how many friends you have. It matters who sticks around. And if there's a moment where you find yourself all by yourself, then you have to just take a step back and pray that God will bring people into your life because God's not going to let you do this by yourself.
God uses other people to help you down your own path. And sometimes friendship is like seasons. One season, you might, need, you might have a set of friends for high school, another set for college, another set for law school or grad school, another set of work friends. And now I'm in this space where I have like multiple different kinds of friends. Like I have, you know, this really good friend from college, this really good friend from school, um, sorry, from work, this good friend from my sorority. Like you have different friends for different reasons. And that's another way that can help you realize that you're losing. You might lose the friend that you can hang out with because you guys are no longer compatible in that way. But that friend could be a different kind of friend. Maybe the friend that you can't party with is, a, is your Christian friend that can still have purpose in your life. So there's ways to kind of just see the change as inevitable and understand that it's all for a greater good. I don't want you to be distracted from the ways that you're being pushed to grow because you're afraid of losing friendships because you'll always get new friends. Even in moments where you feel solitude, there's always gonna be, there's like an ebb and flow. You lose friends and you gain friends. So I want to encourage you, you know, I'm sorry that you're going through a tough time, but I completely can relate to it. And I want you to know there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you that is causing you to lose your friends. And you shouldn't change your own growth out of fear. You shouldn't hold on to friendships out of fear of being alone. You shouldn't hold on to any relationship out of fear of being alone. When you find yourself doing that, that's when you have to encourage yourself to pursue a relationship with yourself. And I think people assume when you say that you need to find a relationship with yourself that you're kind of trying to be dismissive and say that friendships don't matter. I'm just saying that because it's inevitable that there will be times that you have friends and sometimes that you don't, you need to be okay either way. You need to be okay on the days when all you have is motivation is yourself and you need to be okay on the days when you do have your friends around but you still need to be yourself. So I hope that answered your question, beloved, and if you want me to go into more detail, I can do that. Just want to remind you that it's it's a part of the process, you know, it's a part of the process of growth that there are certain leaves that are going to fall off, certain branches that need to fall off so that you can be sturdy in the purpose that God has for you. It is a part of the plan. There's nothing wrong with you. It happens. It's just a part of growing up. So that's it, beloved. We find ourselves at the end of episode 26. I hope that you've enjoyed the podcast this week. Um, thank you again for all the prayers that have been sent out so far. And if you could just pray a little bit more for strength for me and my family, for strength for those around us. Um, there's power in prayer. We know that God has a plan and that there's nothing that we can do to change God's plan, but to help us feel connected to the world around us and connected to God to help us stay grounded. Prayer can help us get through some tough times, whether it's praying for ourselves or praying for other people. Um, if you haven't done so already, please rate and comment on iTunes. I, like I said, I do want to get back onto recording more regularly. I still have my plans for the interviews and things that I want to do. Trust me, my heart is in the right place. It has just been a month. It has just been a season and I'm ready for a change and I hope that you're ready as well. So until the next episode, take care of yourself, beloved.